Hello, 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 Spin Sisters. It's been a little while since we've been together. Happy 2024. This will be posted in January, kicking off the year. And I had the wonderful opportunity to speak with my new partner, Terry Hurst, about psilocybin experiences, which is new to both of us, and I think will be very interesting to tell the story, both of our stories, about what we experienced being the age that we are with our first mushroom experience. Terry Hurst has her master's in education and she's a registered movement therapist and educator. She is a spiritual life coach and stress management consultant and she leads retreats internationally and from her home base in the Green Mountains of Vermont, which I have been fortunate enough to visit. Her ceremonial practices were fostered by years of working with indigenous elders. Terry has spent the last 30 years empowering women to live fully and joyfully. And now I have the pleasure of working with her as we launch our new program, Luminosity Retreats. Let's welcome Terry to this discussion. I think you'll find it really interesting. So here's Terry. Welcome, Terry. Hello, hello. So glad to be here with you. So I have to start with, we have been through a wild adventure the last several months, haven't we? We sure have. <laughs> this is going to be the start of a series on the two of us sharing at our age, the interesting things that we've been working on, knowing and believing that herbal and plant medicine is important to our bodies and our brain. So we're going to start right in with asking you some questions about what we've done so far. And listeners... Look forward to a series of podcasts in the future about our additional experiences. So what led you to the decision to test psilocybins in your body? I've been always curious, but scared and nervous and feeling like I just didn't know enough about it. But with all the research and the ability to look at the research and easily see what's going on and the amazing results that people are having. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've, I've feel, I've felt really drawn. I've been feeling really drawn to, to it. Not only the psilocybin, but you know, a bunch of the other plant medicines that are available. I just feel like I need to study something one at a time and then delve into that for a, a while and see how that goes. But everybody else is feeling like just a little bit disconnected and, yeah. and out of, sorts and we're headed in terms of the existential dread that we could easily get drawn into with what's happening with the climate and what's happening with wars on the planet and how people are managing conflict. It's, I I feel like I needed some help and I think the psilocybin medicine has been helping me for sure. Mm -hmm. What were you doing when the war on drugs kind of took off? Because you've always been in psychology and in therapy and, and managing and treating people for trauma yeah. was, what do you think that got shut down? What was your clinical practice talking about it when that happened? That was when I was still in school. Mm-hmm. So we well versed in the propaganda that these drugs were harmful. Mm-hmm. I knew people personally that had done too much acid and yeah. screwed themselves up. And I think that informed my, you know, understanding of, of the drugs. And I didn't really look a whole lot further because I thought, geez, it, it's potentially dangerous. Mm-hmm. And research at the time had been, was pretty much underground and shut down. So we didn't have access to 
the great amount of clinical research that they have now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the last 20, 15 years, what, what's been coming out of, you know, all of Johns Hopkins and Stanford and Harvard mm-hmm. and NYU and all of these different highly respected organizations that are doing amazing clinical research. We didn't have access to any of that, right? Mm-hmm. We had a lot of propaganda. We had anecdotal things where, you know, people, some people were smoking a lot of pot and there was a, the associated, everybody knew what a pothead was and people were, you know, stoners. And so we had, we had a mindset of like, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be careful. Those, those drugs are potentially damaging to your sense of motivation. Certainly the people that I knew that had damaged their brain from doing too much acid. Yeah. I had that experience too. It's pretty, pretty scary. And then you think that could happen with any drug you take. And so then you just are averse to any experimenting at all. Why now? Why do you think, so we, you and I went to that retreat or the conference together, the psilocybin conference, which was amazing. There are a lot of clinical people involved now. Um, lots of studies yeah. going on, feels very institutionalized to both of us. Very Decide. much medical model. Yeah. Right? Medical model, which then ties into pharmaceutical industry, corruption, yeah. all of it. But there is this other underground thing happening and it's literally seems- underground yes. the earth, right? <laughs> right. literally that it is not, it's not being shut down. It's growing sort of covertly for now because it has to yeah. be. Yeah. So you and I. <laughs> we we tried our we made an attempt to just mix our own and try our own experiment. I would have to say that I neither one of well I know myself I don't experiment like that, but I I have to be in a trusting setting. And yeah. you know, I didn't really I knew we were going to be fine. I didn't I was not scared or worried at all. We had a good little nap listening to music uh yes. <laughs> and that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about it. So fast forward, we sign up and decide to do. So that's the other thing that comes up when you attract yourself to these ideas is that the universe brings you a lot of information. So all of a sudden the internet popping up, mushroom retreats, uh, all think kinds of things, very expensive yeah. things going on outside the country, very yes. exorbitant, but they've been going on for a while and those people are pretty popular. Um, probably because they were the only the only avenue for a while. So, and they're not elite. Mexico yeah, they're not elite. So people are not as afraid of, sure. if they're that curious, they're going to be more likely to go outside the country to do it. Yeah, exactly. No matter how much money it, it costs to do that. So here we are, Colorado and Oregon have decriminalized it. It doesn't mean that it's legal, really. No other states. Washington is close, but the models that we've seen following suit are uh, institutionalized, include therapy and a distributor model, and again, pharmaceutical. And yet there are people that are actively working on other kinds of retreats. So we attended and tell me about, how'd you find Eva? So I think that would be interesting to people who might be listening. How did you come upon? How did I find it? Yeah. I think as our phones and computers are listening to us and they're seeing what we're looking up, right? Uh-huh. Um, and what we're studying. Eva's program, Flow Life Retreat, kept coming into my Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. And and I was because she was doing small groups of women and then some co-ed group in 
Oregon and in Colorado. And she had loads of information, right? She's mm-hmm. got podcasts. She's got lots of stuff out there. So there was a lot you could look at. Mm-hmm. She had lots of testimonials and very positive reviews. And it was very clear what you were going to be doing, you know, with your time, how it went. And she seemed to be very honest and open. And, and then when we, when I met her, I sort of felt the same way. She's mm-hmm. clearly wants to help people mm-hmm. and she's not a medical person. She's not someone who's got a PhD in psychology. She's very ambitious and hardworking. And I liked her very much throughout the whole uh, process of the, the retreat. And she's really helping people. The other women that were at the retreat, I think all were very much moved by their experience. And weren't they all talking about wanting to do it again? For me, I wouldn't necessarily go. I mean, we know, I know myself pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, know that I could take that medicine myself at this point and have a journey on my own. I wouldn't necessarily need to have that confines of the retreat around it. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think the first time, that there was safety in that, right? Right. So that's, that's absolutely true that we've been doing some experimenting basically with, because we, we both feel like if anytime we're, if we were to facilitate or to help women, we need to know enough about what the experiences can be and, and how to manage that um, in order to to feel good about that. So tell me about your experience. Well, it was interesting that it took so much medicine for me to to really feel it. And I guess that's sort of true sometimes for sleeping that have the CBD and the CBTHC too much for me and really has a, you know, very, a, a big effect on me. Mm-hmm. So it seemed kind of odd that I had to take so much medicine, but the medicine did take me to a place where I've been before when I was doing Sundance and have done other ceremonies similar where you're seeking guidance, spiritual guidance, and seeking to connect to spirit or creator or God or however people want to frame that. Been in that space before. And the medicine definitely took me there. And in that way, I found it very interesting and comforting that I would go to that same place where I felt a deep sense of love and interconnectedness with everything and a sense of wholeness like there's like you know we can easily get concerned that you know we're disconnected or there's something wrong with us or we feel too much or we you know we need too much or whatever but that sense of just like you're okay wherever you are it's good right you don't need you don't need to be so hard on yourself you don't need to be working so hard you don't have to always be push push pushing that you're enough right? That's huge. You have that feeling, feeling like it's okay. I'm enough. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And then, you know, some of the information I got about my aging parents was not easy to deal with. I don't like to think about losing them. And so that part was hard, but I think sometimes the stuff we have to think about in terms of the human condition is 
not always easy. Right. Um, I wouldn't say it was a bad trip because I, you know, experienced or had a sense that there were things going to happen there. And then certainly after the two of us laughed our butts off for over <laughs> an hour, I mean, I could there do that. You. I'd be happy to yeah. do it again any day of the week. <laughs> but I can easily crack myself up. So that was. <laughs> it's a really important way to deal with grief and get yeah. some of that out. Yeah. What was your sense of it? Well, I, we didn't really talk about it yet, but I liked the ceremony of it. I liked that we journeyed with a group of women and that we, we were all coming from different parts of the country and we were all different ages and we different levels of experience. Um, some people pretty severely depressed, which was really sad, but I, along with what you said, I think they, they did seem better at the end of that. And I've seen, I, I was able to run into one of them because I had a call right afterwards and able to see her and she looks good. Yeah. Who is it? Who was him? She looks good. Oh, good. She, she's going to do oh, some good. microdosing and she, that's very uplifting. So I like the ceremony of it. I liked that they added some things I hadn't tried before, like sound bath in that way or breath work in that way. So I felt like we were prepped really well for the experience. And yeah. For me, it was, I probably should have raised my hand. I probably didn't get enough, but I was enjoying the, I was enjoying it so much. I didn't want to move even to raise my hand. I definitely didn't feel in my body, but I was, felt like I had a concert in my head and um, the music was very loud in my head and it became a story in my head about recovery and addiction and drinking too much and all the things that I had in, intended when I entered into that journey to think about came out the grief of uh, being a little child, having that recollection of being very isolated, feeling isolated as a young girl, little girl, picture of her in a corner, you know, feeling very alone. And it was very much an aha moment for me because that was very true. I spent a lot of time alone. It didn't feel at the time scary because I entertained myself. I would pretend cook and I would clean up my little playhouse and I would do all those things that little girls do. But I think the the deep trauma was I didn't necessarily feel safe or taken care of as a very young girl. And uh, so that was good. And then I think the, all, uh, the other part of the experience was being in a, the same house with other women going through this at different stages. So you were delayed, which then allowed, I heard word, I heard a lot of people talking about you a little bit, like in my outside of what I was doing. And I kept saying, you know, is Terry okay? Is Terry okay? I want to go see Terry. And people would just say, she's doing, she's doing fine. She's got a little bit more medicine. She's doing fine. So here I am almost awake and coming up and seeing visions <laughs> once I'm walking around and you're just kind of in the middle of it. I felt you helped me. I helped you. I saw a couple of things that scared me. I have been told that I'm a seer. So I probably should have opened my eyes a lot, lot earlier, seeing the things that I saw. It wasn't so much in my head. It was once I opened my eyes that I was really, mm. really, I thought it was beautiful. And I too am excited about trying it again and seeing if a higher dose would get me at a, you know, into a different realm and seeing things that maybe I was resistant to seeing. The music thing, like I felt like I was, like I was yes. in charge of how music put itself together, and I was feeling like, oh, I'm a conductor too. It's like it was a cool, it was a really cool experience. I thought so too, and and when I took my blinders off for a second to say, is there music playing? It, I could hear the music, but it was very far away. But once I went inside again, it was right in my head. It was very cool. I loved yeah. it. 
Yeah. And so I think music in one form or another, I don't mind at all that there is background music playing for everybody. I was sort of not liking that idea at first that, that there was going to be a soundtrack, but I yeah. think people either tune into it or they don't is it was what it seemed like. And so I like the idea of a, a soundtrack because I thought I had yeah. my heads in and I was playing my own concert. <laughs> and I yeah, was me too. It's kind of cool. <laughs> like I'm remembering things. I'm remembering yes. things that I haven't thought about for a really long time. And when like the next day, when we were getting ready to leave, somebody said, oh, I need to get that Wi-Fi code again. And I said, oh, it's Husky Moon 220. And she's like, how did you remember that? And I'm like, I don't know. But I remember <laughs> when we got here, that was it. Try it. I think I, I think I remember it correctly. And that's not something that I've been able to do lately. Remember things that quickly. Yeah, it did feel like, like there was a clearing. I, I was thinking of it as housekeeping. There was just a lot of sweeping up there going on. But also so, I think that neuroplasticity starts yeah. to come in and it, all of these things that we've been studying and thinking about and working on um, in terms of like our vision of where we're going to go with this work, things are starting to fall into place. The pieces mm -hmm. are getting clear to me. Yeah, that uh, leads me right to that next question is where do you see, what's what's next for you? I really want to start putting together more of this talking, more like okay. creating forums where women can talk about what it is that's been concerning for them, how, you know, where, where are we going? Where can we support each other better? And actually putting together some retreats mm -hmm. with the medicine. Yeah. I would want to do them a little less busy than the retreat that we went to. There was a yeah. lot of paperwork and, you know, some... And that's great. I mean, those are helpful to have goals written down, but there's also, I think, great benefit because we do live in a culture where everything is like slam, 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 slam. The word retreat means to step away from that yes. constancy yes. of more information, more information, more information, and just think our own thoughts. I think one of the most powerful things that happened at the retreat for me was being up at night, listening to the coyotes that were really loud mm -hmm. and not everybody heard them, but I just happened to connect to that stuff anyway. That was really powerful for me. Mm -hmm. That time at night when it was quiet. Yeah. We would definitely do a few things differently. Like there was no fire ceremonies at all. No, not yeah, a lot. We needed and I was thinking more about the paperwork. I like the idea of people beginning to answer some of those questions and doing the work before they even come. So it starts to be their intention, but there's not really a need then to regroup right. with it. It's just that they can right. learn how to do that and then go back and ask themselves the same questions as they progress back home and see how they right. how differently they would answer the questions. I think we learned a lot about uh, more downtime, more time for reflection, mm -hmm. more time for nature, more time yeah. for ceremony. Um, I did. I liked how we entered into the journey with the ceremony um, of everybody sitting around with their own cups, but the forgiveness piece and some of those things that we could have done around fire, I think was pretty important. And I love the idea of starting a fire to open the retreat and keep it going the entire time. And, and then yeah. much more dance and much different than it was, but. And just being in that place of connecting to the elements. Yes. Because I mean, Really, we're dealing with something so elemental. Psilocybin and mycelium are part of everything. They cover the planet. We're so 
rarely walking barefoot on the earth. You know, everything's got pavement and every, everything's sort of covered. It's yeah. very rare, you know, just be with the elements. I think it's right. rare that we get to do that. Yeah, no, I agree. And what a beautiful setting to do that. Well, so our next steps would be to... Some of the ways that we talked about where we create the community and people can yes. get on board and we'll put some content, we'll put consistently put out content, but then start some of these mastermind groups where women can come together and really look at, okay, what do we need? What would feel like support? Mm -hmm. My gut is telling me we need to just keep moving forward and putting the pieces together and it will all, you know, it's going to all come into view. Yeah. Certainly we need more experience with the medicine, Mm -hmm. I think, Um, or we need to bring on somebody on board who has experience with the medicine. Mm -hmm. helping people with journeying is something I've done for a long time. So that piece, I don't know that I necessarily need, we need more experience with, but with the particular medicine, I think I would feel more confident with more experience, more personal experience. And then taking a few people, you know, taking some people on journeys, which I already have a bunch of people that want to do that. So Mm-hmm. into what other people have told us about what they've done, quite paying attention that they needed to be. No, I, I agree with you. I think that's really important. We both have a background that will help us, but I agree with you about the medicine and dosing. You know, I mm-hmm. think that's the big pieces. I like how they start smaller, you know, although that was a yeah. fine dose, but I think almost half of you or half, half of the people got extra doses. Yeah. So that's something to think about, but maybe that's not a bad thing because then they ease into it a bit. So we can look at dosing a little bit. I will try again when I'm back home. You're, you're probably going to try earlier than I am. I'd, be, I'd love to hear your experience on your own. It's so interesting how it continues to unfold the medicine, so right? True. So I'm still yes. noticing how, you know, some things that, you know, I got home and there was a bunch of some nonsense around something and that normally would have been like, oh, fuck. And I was just like, oh, well, that's how that is right now. Yeah, very powerful stuff. I got stuck. There's lots of road construction, and I was sitting so long in the car, I was able to figure out, uh, because I had cell service so I could use my phone, I finally figured out how to turn off the maintenance overdue sign on the dash that no one's been able to turn that off for, like, years. And I googled it and figured it all out while i was waiting for some construction to be done and i was like see bonus i can feel that it's helping me be more flexible all around Mm -hmm. which is nice yes great we're two what is it sextarians sextarians (laughs) uh experimenting with all kinds of ancient medicines and uh we will We will give our experiences on air to anybody who might be thinking about the same thing. I do love the idea of young and old, you know, all different ages being together because we can certainly all learn from each other. And Oh my goodness, yes, right? right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, I'm going to stop the recording here.